Hi, I'm Princess Rara. And I'm Dara, the Electro Khaleesi. And this is Pink Kink, the podcast where we talk about the pretty, twisted side of kink. Today's episode is produced by Electrifying Pink Kinksters. Thank you. Jay Witcherman, Brianna Lynn, Daddy Jay, Fabe, Embers, Blossom, William P, Claire, Jam Today, Lady Blooding, Primal Empress, Roxy, Naughty and Nice, Butte Pain, Northern Sir, Manda Panda, Cat, Stefan, Shadow Phoenix, Serenity Deb, Robert, Ruby R, Christopher, Kilted Sir, Firegood and his good boy Grant, Brian, May Cry Devil, Ruby Riot, Jay Swizz, Mistress Velma, Enchanted Sparrow, The Wombat, Impact Hazard, Twitch, Lioness X, The Midnight Girl, Sinful, Mrs. and Mr. Hart, J21, Daisy If You Do, Princess Katharina and Katharina's Thrall, Harley Chick, Violet Rain, Serenity Ah, Belle, Puppy Mike, Jedi Kitten, Eric, Cat Daddy, Sweetie Todd, Radically Blessed, Lady Affliction, Dr. Dave, Sunshine, Pumpkin Pie, Ms. Tourmaline, S'more, Hacksaw, Kinky Katie, Wee Mad Beastie, To Be Better For Me, Sissy Annabelle, Jada, BP Bryn, Ray S, Crash Override, and Becca. Pink Kink runs off the generosity of our devoted patrons. As a patron, you will become a member of our special Discord server, receive some adorable Pink Kink stickers, as well as have access to a monthly behind-the-scenes podcast. Patrons also get discounts at our Etsy shop, Pink Kink Boutique, and our online classes at Pink Kink Institute. In addition, our impactful and electrifying Pink Kinksters get special audio and video episodes. And finally, patrons at our highest tier will be recognized as producers, both here on the podcast and on our website. If you would like to become a patron, you can visit us at patreon.com slash pinkkinkpodcast or click the link at pinkkinkpodcast.com. All right, I'm going to do something wild and crazy here. Are you going to actually tell the name of the episode first? Uh, we're going to go straight into it because this, this is kind of serious for us. We're doing I'm something sure. serious? I'm sure we'll be joking about it as we I go don't through. Wanna. That's not our thing. I know, but this is important and it needs to be discussed. The last time we tried to do something serious, we failed miserably. I, I think we might do a little better. Well, I'll do better. I can't speak for you. N no, <laughs> there's no way. Okay, go but ahead. But since it actually even just came up this morning before recording, it, I want to talk about it. Okay, knock right. yourself out. So one of the things that you'll hear a lot is about vetting and vetting people. And one of the big pushes that a lot of us are doing is you also need to vet your educators. Oh, for sure. Because on social media, there's a lot of people going around calling themselves educators. And you guys can't see me since we're audio only, but I'm air quoting. Right. At uh, least you're not molesting the table again. It's still early in recording. I can, I can. That's true. We've been recording that. for exactly one minute. It, oh, look at that. And this is a new record going straight to the subject. I am. I'm shocked. I, yes. I am shooketh. Shooketh. So we really push for people to vet their educators because some of the shit that people is putting out is pretty damn shady. Not just on social media, but even in person. There's been stories on FetLife about the actions of kinksters in positions of authority, abusing that position. I hear it all the time on TikTok, on Instagram. I got tagged in a post this morning about somebody um, who starts off their entire post with, so I taught a BDSM 101 class to over 100 people and, and starts going off about how she talked about subs have all the power. So first of all, this is an incredibly old school thought process. Incredibly. Kink has, that used to be a thing. I was taught that. Um, but that is seriously not accurate. Well, and here's the thing. Okay, so it was an old school thing. As educators, it's sort of your responsibility to educate yourself and make sure that if things have changed, you keep that you're up teaching to it. that. I mean, otherwise we'd all still be teaching SSC. Well, listen, doctors continuously have to keep up to date on medicine, correct? Doctors do continuing education. Lawyers. Lawyers, teachers. Every profession. Uh, people who do what, like e EMTs, you know, the whole, do you, do you remember uh, what were you, when you were taught CPR? Right. Right. Okay. Do you remember 
the old school uh, way to do um, CPR, like the the song yeah. that you were taught. What was it? I don't remember, but I know now that they tell you to do it to staying alive. No, no, no. It used to be staying alive, but it's a totally to is it? Yeah, no. It used to be staying alive, but now it's something completely different. Okay, so one of the songs, like, there's a reason that you have to do it to stay in alive because it's like 100 beats per minute, right? Mm-hmm. So you can also do another one, bites the dust. Oh no! Oh, God. <laughs> can you imagine you're doing CPR and you're singing that song out loud to help you go? And the looks and the faces of everybody around you as you're trying to perform CPR going, and another one bites the dust, and, and another one bites the dust. dust. No, I oh wouldn't my recommend God, that's, it. That's so bad. here's another one that you can do, oh and you're going to die. This is Literally? why I said we can't do serious. <laughs> serious CPR? I'll do CPR to you. Uh, baby shark. Baby shark. Do, 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 do. Baby shark. Do, 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 do. Okay, that one is actually a little better than another one bites the dust. Uh, Rock Your Body by Justin Timberlake. Yeah. And you can do, right. like there, it's whatever. Anyway, so there's a bunch of stuff that you can do. It's really more fun now. There's also like concussions. You're not supposed, you know how you, you, they always used to say, don't let them go to sleep. Don't let them go to sleep. Yeah. That's changed. Okay. Right. You don't do that anymore. Okay. So like there's all this stuff that you're continuously learning that is updated. So keep up to date. Right. Uh, so p- there are ed- these quote unquote educators teaching uh not unupdated. That's not God. I need more coffee if I'm going to speak this morning. Teaching old information. And there's also those who are using their positions of authority as educators, as experts to be predators. Trying to find partners, both play partners and romantic partners. There's been a controversy about a well-known educator and dungeon owner who used their position of authority to uh, questionable consent issues. Well, we've always kind of had that problem. We've had dungeon owners use their, and munch people use their position Mm -hmm. of power in our local community to find partners. Right. Voldemort. Yeah. So that's why I was really inspired to do this episode because it's come up a lot. And, um, I wanted to do an episode not only about why being an eth- ethical educator is important, but what does that look like, right? So we'll throw the words ethical educator, but if you ask somebody what does an eth- ethical educator look like, we're going to have different responses to it. You can't talk today at all, can I'm you? Just, it's, it's hard, honey. Speaking <laughs> is hard. It's hard. Right? <laughs> now, obviously, what we're going to be talking about today is my perception, Dar's perception, which may or may not be the same, and we haven't discussed it yet. So this is going to be fun to see nope. <laughs> if we have the same, because you never know. It usually doesn't go well for our opinions being the no, same. No, and it doesn't matter it may either, be because no matter what I say, Robert is going to disagree with it anyway. So whatever. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> see? <laughs> You proved my point immediately. Took it two seconds. All right. It is absolutely valid if your idea of an ethical educator is different than our idea of an ethical educator. And, well, maybe it's not so valid. If your idea of an ethical educator is you're allowed to use it to find, to be predatory, then I can't think that it's okay that you have that opinion. But. Well, I think the difference of opinion is going to be what exactly is predatory. That's there we go. Right. Everybody's going to agree. Don't be a fucking predator. Right. Right. At least out loud. Like the the number one rule after consent is don't be a dick. Right. Everybody has that. But like your definition of what is a dick is probably going to be a little skewed. There we go. There we go. All right. So my suggestion is listen to this whole episode. Listen to what we have to say and our thoughts and opinions. Because remember, we have opinions. And then decide for yourself. I'm certain we can all agree that being an ethical educator is important. It's just basically what are those specific qualities needed to be ethical that may be different. Yeah, what, where's the line? Right. So I did put this out there to my, my friends, my other kinky friends, to ask them what are some of the things that they look for in an educator that would help them decide if this person is ethical or not. And one of the immediate answers I got was, well, educating out of care for the community to gain knowledge and be safer 
not to show off or gain clout. That's a big problem. The gaining clout part, that's what I see the most of. Um, we actually have somebody in our community that Rara and I know personally that legitimately uses being an educator to gain clout within the community. Doesn't work very well for him. No, it doesn't. Um, and it's, I have also seen people who maybe they started with good intentions, but then when the clout and the popularity started to show up, it kind of went to their head. Oh my God, yes. And all of a sudden, all their ethics went out the door. Yes. It was almost like a, it, you have Dom frenzy and sub frenzy. I think there's like an educator frenzy. Well, you've gone through educator frenzy. But not not where it's, where I'm the, using my well, position to. Yeah, no, it's the whole, what is it? Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what this person went through. And um, there was a massive blowout between two very prominent people in our personal community. Uh, both of them wanted to be educators. Both of them were trying to incorporate the other one, I guess. It was like two sharks trying to eat each other's face. Were they baby sharks? No, they were full grown ass adult daddy sharks. Yeah. <laughs> you know how that turned right. out. So in the interest of... They act like baby right. sharks. So in the interest of you guys deciding if you think Dar and I are ethical, let's talk about what made us decide to go into education. Shit, are we on trial? Maybe. I think, <gasps> as far as I'm concerned, anytime I open up my mouth and educate, I'm on trial. And that's fair. Okay. Here we go. Sometimes I'll be innocent. Sometimes I'll be not guilty. You are never sometimes innocent. I'm guilty. You are never innocent. No, sometimes I did not do what I was accused of and I can prove it. Sometimes you just can't prove what you think I did. <laughs> and sometimes I am just guilty. Okay. Well, at least you is. can admit it. That's another thing right. that, that I want to talk about. That's, that's down here. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you fucking read the notes? No, no, I'm sure you did not. So had you read the notes, you know, I do have a bullet point talking just about that. When the fuck, even if I pay attention to the notes, have I ever actually like gone in order completely? I don't know. No. Have you? No. You, really? The Virgo here? Have I gone in order? No. Listen, on the notes that I send you, you sometimes go out of whack too. So because I don't want I any of that Because I stopped reading them because if you weren't reading mine, I wasn't reading yours. Oh, how petty. Yes, I am a petty basic bitch. Wow. You act like this is news to you. Wow. Keep going. Okay. So, <laughs> once upon a time, there was a little Rara. I mean, I'm still technically little, but anyway. <laughs> you need that. You need you, that you, story time. Well, you sounded upset we were going to be serious. So, I'm trying to be a little less serious. I don't want to upset you. You've already upset me. Just keep going. <laughs> There's, this is not new. My intention was never to get into educating because I honestly didn't think I had the background and the knowledge to be an ethical educator and to actually talk about shit like I knew it. I kind of fell into this accidentally and it really started just advising people that I would meet through hosting munches and becoming a little bit more well-known in the community. And honestly, it was my position as a woman who'd been, I hate to use the word victim, because I don't think I was the victim of, of Voldemort. Uh, One of his conquests? Uh, yeah. Attempted I mean, conquest? Because ultimately, I fucked him, you know, he fucked around and found out with so me. So I don't like to use the word victim ever, and I have been SA'd before, so I like to use the word survivor. Okay. Yeah, see, I don't even use this as a survivor because it was more like he fucked around and found out and the consequences were not good for him. But anyway, I, I, I had been in the, in the eyes, in the reaches of a predator. Mm -hmm. How's that? And I, my experience has always been learn from my mistakes, people. Nobody should have to make the same mistakes I did. If I can help you learn so you at least don't make my mistakes and you can be safer, then I'm going to help you. And that's really how it all started. And from there, it became my talking more about ways that you can see who the predators are and avoid them. And then, of course, I started listening to other podcasts about kink and learning from them because, again, continuing education, I'm still learning no matter what I'm doing, how long I've been in it. 
And I found that people were doing things very, very differently than the way that, that me and my friends were doing because most of them were in DS relationships. The kink was pretty much just between them. And while they would go to the occasional munch and dungeon, the vast majority of their kink was really happening in their house. And our area is very social. We are kinky motherfuckers in the DC area. It's, There's a lot that goes on here. Used to, when we first started, there was even more. Yeah. Like we've lost about what, two thirds of the house parties? We did. Yeah. Because, well, pandemic killed it and we're still building it back up. But yeah, no, our area has been incredibly social as far as. I mean, you could goes. really, honestly, almost go to a munch a night. Yeah, I mean, it depends on, like, how far you're willing to travel, right. obviously. But at least within an hour. Yeah, but it's like a hub here. Yeah, I don't know if it's the government or what, but we, we, we have... Probably, because we have a lot of people that are like, I can't show my face on fit, but I'll come to a munch. Yeah. It's like, what? We have a, we have a lot of kinky motherfuckers. So um, during the pandemic, that's when the whole idea of Pink Kink was born. Because I wanted to showcase how my community does kink and the fact that we'll get together on a Saturday night and kink like other people go to the movies or go to the local bar and play pool. Yep. Right. Most of us do platonic kink because we will play with each other. That sounds wrong. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Well, nobody gives a <laughs> shit if you've got like a like just naked people running around your house at these parties. We don't give a shit. No. We're so used to it at this point. And not everybody Okay, let's say you're bottoming. How many different experiences do you want to have in a night? A lot. Okay. So, are you going to have one single partner that is really good at all those different things? No. It's I've I haven't found anybody yet who can, who can top for all the kinks that I love. So you have a bunch of people in one place that specialize in a particular kind of topping that have spent a really long time learning that craft and becoming like developing expertise. You're not going to be in a relationship, a romantic DS or otherwise relationship with all of them. Yep. Hence platonic kink. Just get your shit going, get naked, get with that person for a scene. Go and move have on fun. to the next person. And have a good time. Yep. So I wanted to share all that. And again, wanted to talk to people about the experiences that I'd had so they could learn from my mistakes and hopefully do better. Well, it went better than I thought it would go. Me too. <laughs> and, for, and then I started to hear from people about, well, I'm not as fortunate as you. I don't live in an area with as much access to dungeons and education and all of that. And from that, Pink Kink Institute was born so we could have something online and do more with that. And then, of course, now that I'm doing all that, I was like, well, let me teach in person in my community. That started happening. So that's, uh, my intention was always just to help people. I'm, I'm a caregiver. My dominant side is a caregiver. Don't call me mommy, please, though, because I don't like that. But, um, that's what my dominant side is, is to take care of people and to help people. So the teaching just sort of happened naturally. And while I'm not going to go into specifics about what I do for a living, because honestly, you don't need to know, just know that I have experience in teaching adults. I did it for years. Um, and I've taken classes on how to educate, how people learn, all of that information. So. I didn't come into it with just my kink experience. I also have a teaching experience as well. So that's kind of my, my, um, what, what, my background. That's not the word I'm looking for. I'm thinking my, my origin story. Thank you. I'm thinking, I see I'm, I'm a, I'm a Marvel fan. So yeah. So my origin story. So what's your origin story, Dara? Oh my Lord. Um, it's kind of almost embarrassing. Yeah. Um, I actually did my first education, I don't know what you want to call it, session or first education thing on World of Warcraft. Mm -hmm. 
The, it always started there, didn't it? Yeah, it always did. Uh, my fucking name, Dara, comes from a character from World of Warcraft, too. So, you know, that's just, that's how it always was. I was in the scene for about 12 years, um, mostly private because for several of those years, I was in school in the middle of nowhere and there was no access. There was no scene. It was just me and some friends who happened to be kinky, just dicking around. Um, then I got into World of Warcraft, moved back to my home area, the DC area, and joined a guild that was BDSM oriented. I was like, fuck yeah, lots of BDSM role play. I can get my kicks on doing this. It was great. Then they found out I had 12 years experience. And then they found out that I live near the people who were originally, who originally started this guild and I met them in person. And they were like, oh, shit, you actually do know stuff. Would you join this panel this evening to talk about your experiences in, and it just happened to be littles and caregivers. I was one of the, because this is when I was getting into the little thing and I, and I had already been on the caregiver side. So I got to share my experiences on the caregiver side, but also my developing experience as a little. So it was pretty cool. And then from there, they asked me to teach more classes. Um, I got into it more from there. Then I started my own side hustle, I guess you could say, with Electro. And currently, ha, huh, I do private sessions and I also do lessons. In fact, I'm in discussion with somebody right now on doing a lesson over Zoom. Ah. It'll be my first private online lesson, but they live in Michigan, so not able to get here. <laughs> It'd be a little difficult. Um, so I started doing that for a while, and then I started getting into doing it in my community. I've been we Rara talked me into doing pink kink during the pandemic. Wasn't that hard? It was much harder to get to agree to the words pink kink than the podcast itself. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, there were several reasons I thought the name Pink Kink wasn't going to work. And let me tell you, I was kind of right. It works fine. It, okay, but we can't use the word kink for a lot of stuff. Yeah. We get flagged. Ow. Anyway, so I, I started educating more at the podcast. I started educating more in person. And like Rara, I happened to have a education background. I happen to have, I taught preschool for a while. I've actually taught adults. I've gone, I've run the whole spectrum. But it's, I wouldn't say it was accidental, like rah-rah, because I went after doing demos. I purposely started teaching about electro, mostly because there weren't a whole lot of people doing it at the time. Now there's a hell of a lot more. At the time, there wasn't anything. So I I sort of deliberately went into education for kink. There you go. Yeah. So we know that as people are looking to us as educators, as knowledgeable kinksters, as experienced kinksters, as community leaders, that they are giving us the power to influence them, whether it's directly or indirectly. And that position has now created a power differential. And you'll hear that term power differential come up a lot, whether it's within DS or the educator student or any of that. So let's, let's talk about that power differential because it's really important. And as, an, as being an educator, there's just an inherent power differential. So what exactly is a power differential? Well, it is the inherently greater power and influence that helping professionals have as compared to the people they help. Understanding both the value and the many impacts of that power differential is at the core of ethical awareness. So people seeking help are in a position to which they have to trust in the knowledge and guidance of the teacher, right? And that results in being a greater than ordinary vulnerability. They are more susceptible to harm and confusion through a misuse of that power and influence. And you'll hear like about the power differentials. You're going to see it in between a parent and a child, 
a teacher and a student, employer and employee, a doctor, a patient. Mentor, mentee. Exactly. So when, when talking about power differentials, you want to make sure that you are aware that there are actually two kinds of powers. And this distinction is important because it makes clear that the increased power that accompanies a position of authority is role-based and not the same as personal power. So personal power is our ability to have an effect and to influence. A prime example of that is parent-child. There is a personal power in the parent being able to have an effect on their child. But now you have the role power, which is an added on power and responsibility and opportunity that accompanies a positional role. So as somebody who has experience in the kink world, that's my personal power. But as somebody who is a community leader and educator, I have role power. Cool. Gotcha. Right. And as they say, with great power comes great responsibility. And Rara loves responsibility. Everybody should throw as much on her as possible. Yeah. No. Will you take on all the responsibility anyway? I'm a Virgo. I can't help myself. <laughs> How long were you chained to your desk yesterday working on this stuff? From 1030 in the morning to midnight. Yeah. But I got a lot of stuff done. Congratulations. Yeah, I have my list on my whiteboard. I took a picture of it and sent it to a friend to say, you're my accountability buddy. Did you, uh, did your butt fall asleep? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would get up every now and then because I needed to eat. <laughs> right? So ever since I've assumed the label of educator, I'm actually holding myself to a higher standard. You know, it's kind of like um, the hot dogs. The um, I'm sorry, the he what? Hebrew National Hot Dogs. We hold ourselves to a higher authority. <laughs> Okay, so before you were just a regular old person. Now that you're an educator, God is involved? Oh, I pray to God a lot when I do this shit. <laughs> I pray I don't fuck it up. <laughs> that I don't piss people off. Well, I did say God always answers me. I was going to say, that <laughs> one, uh, <laughs> I don't think you're getting your money's worth here. Yeah. Luckily, it was free. So, you know, you get what you pay for. Truth. Um. But misconduct by educators is really harmful yes. because educators, by definition, exist to set an example that others follow. So educators who are modeling unethical behavior cause widespread harm by establishing that behavior as normal and appropriate. And it pisses all the other educators off because then it gives us a rep. Yeah. And honestly, y'all deserve way better than that shit. Y'all. Y'all? Y'all, yeah. When when did you... I'm trying to be inclusive and include the Southerners. Oh, shit. <laughs> hey, Ra. Yeah? Do you know how you can tell the difference between what, which Southern region somebody is from? I'm afraid to ask. How they say y'all. The plural of y'all is actually different. I thought y'all was plural. No, because here in our area, the plural of y'all is all y'all. What? But in other, like Kentucky, I believe, it's like y'alls. Okay, look, I've actually said the words, all y'all better sit down. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. You didn't know that? I No. I'm really a northerner, so I'm just trying to be inclusive here. I was born and raised in Virginia, so I know all these things. Okay. No, I don't. All right, so as I said, I hold myself to a higher standard. Uh-huh. So I want to talk about some of those standards. You're just going to start now, referring to you as a hot dog. There we go. That's, I, am, I am hot. Okay. And I am a bitch, which is a type of dog. Okay. So it works. And you, and you were getting annoyed at me for going off topic. Look, and now you're all like, look, yes, I'm I am just, a hot dog. I am just beating you to the punch. I am a bitch. I wasn't going to say it. I am a basic bitch. I, well, we all know that. <laughs> Every time you post a picture of you with a pink drink, we know this. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> I need one. I haven't had one in a while. <gasps> oh, no. How have you survived? It hasn't been easy, I got to tell you. <laughs> tomorrow morning, I'm going to see you post a picture oh, of no, pink Oh, no, I drink. actually am gonna, going to Starbucks tomorrow, so. Yep. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> that was already planned before this whole discussion, so it's all good. Nope, I influenced um, it. Okay, um, I'm going to give you a little caveat here. These are my standards. 
We're going to find out through the course of the discussion if they're also Dara standards, but I do not want to make new assumptions. Do I just sit here and say agree, disagree, or like... I've never been worried about your ability to insert your opinion. We and, have opinions. And that shall continue. I shall continue. The interruptions shall continue until morale improves. Oh, that means a whole lot of interruptions. <laughs> hey, you, I didn't say beatings because I'm not sitting here beating you. I know, but I am... I'm a masochist, so pain anyway is working for me. Yeah, but you don't like interruptions, so... Yeah, well, I deal with them. All right. Knock yourself out. Let's go. Oh, see, I knocked myself out. There you go. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, standard number one is practicing excellent consent. Whether I'm teaching, I'm playing, I'm hosting a munch, making sure consent is at the forefront is huge. Right. I actually teach an entire class on consent. So it'd be kind of extra hypocritical if I didn't model what I teach. Yes. Yes, it would be. Okay. And because students learn how to practice kink by emulating their teachers, it is particularly important that as an educator, I model excellent consent. So that means whether I am the person doing the consenting or seeking the consent themselves or whether consent is happening at the events that I host and are attached to my name. I actually recently had to talk to somebody about um, some dubious consent issues at my munch. Really? Yeah. Wait, they had dubious consent issues at the munch and it was brought to your attention there or that's where you happened to talk to them about it, but it was it took place someplace else? No, it took place at the munch. Huh. And it was both observed by me personally and brought to, and, and brought to my attention. I am going to need that story later. Yeah. So it was really important that I have this discussion with them because it that much is a representation of me. And so therefore, I needed to make sure that 100% proper, proper consent protocols were being followed. Right? And it's also why I've had to disassociate from certain people in my community because of their reputations with issues regarding consent. Because let's face it, for better or worse, people in the community are going to be looking at my personal life as well as what I'm teaching on a podcast, what I'm teaching in a classroom. And any educator who practices shoddy consent outside the classroom or associates with people who practice shoddy consent, that's going to set a harmful experience. It, there's a lot of guilt by association here. If you are friends with somebody that has a, shall we say, iffy reputation or whose reputation has been uh, maligned in some way, you get tarred with the same brush. If you stand up and defend that person in any way, and it sucks. See, I disagree. I think... I think it's right. If I, you know, if you are hanging out with people who have shoddy consent practices, by hanging out with them, you're basically saying it's okay with me that they have shoddy consent practices. And I'm not willing to hang out with people. It's about my ethics and my morals. And if they don't have the same ethics and morals that I do, why would I associate with them? I'm of two minds of that. Some of it I don't think is fair. It's like, okay. But on the other hand, I completely agree with you. Like, I'm in this weird two-area place. Like, my mother is always telling me that she can be friends with people who are the opposite um, political of, opposite of a political line. Mm-hmm. They just don't talk about politics. Right. I, on the other hand, believe that your politics are your moral compass. And if you don't have the same morals that I do, why mm-hmm. am I going to be friends with you? Your mom's not wrong. It's a different generation. Because I will tell you, as somebody who is much older and much and closer to your mom's age than yours. <laughs> By it, well, like a year. Right? <laughs> it used to be the case. You yes. used to be able to be friends with people who were on the other side of the political spectrum from you. I don't think that's the case anymore. It's not the case anymore. So with the, with the whole kink community thing, I think it's kind of the same thing. You used to be able to do that. You used to be able to be kinds of friends with somebody, even if they were a little bit questionable, because I, what for whatever reason. But I, I'm not entirely sure that's the case now. 
because it's the kind of the same thing, right? If your morals have come into question, why am I going to be friends with somebody who has icky morals? Well, it's like our friendship. You, for some strange reason, think Electro is like the best thing ever. Yeah. I think that's crazy, but I can respect that you have that right to think that. Now, if you had issues about consent, then no, we couldn't be friends, but we can still be friends. Well, because Electro isn't a morality issue. That's my point. Electro is not an issue of, we do things in the same way. We have the same starting point. You get consent, you negotiate how to go from there, you figure out what you're doing, you give the person what they like. It's always the person on the table, whatever they want, or in your case, on the cross or on the spanking bench or whatever the fuck you're doing, you work out a way for you both to get pleasure out of it. Mm -hmm. Same exact thing that I do. Right? That's the morals and the ethics. Right. However, if I had somebody on my table who desperately hated Electro, didn't want it, and I had chained them to the table and I was doing it anyway, you'd come after my ass. You bet in a heartbeat. There was this one time where I said I would do needles with you. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. I said I'll take maybe two or three in my thigh. Yep. And you said no. Yes, I did. Why? Because you really hadn't consented. You were coerced or you felt, and not coerced by me. It was self-coercion. It was self-coercion, <laughs> but it was obvious it wasn't valid consent. And so I said no. Mm-hmm. And that is morality right there. That is being ethical. And I know that ethical means a bunch of different things to a bunch of different people, but our basic tenet is consent. Yeah. That is the basis of all ethics in kink. Yeah. And, and so when I talk about people are learning from us and what they see we do, this is why one of the things that I see on, and this happens a lot in TikTok, I don't see this happen as much in Instagram, but more because Instagram is more pictures than live videos, is a lot of people on TikTok putting out content saying, well, I never said I was an educator. Or they say, I specifically claim I'm not an educator. But then instead of just talking about their personal experiences, because that is something different. Instead of saying, this is what happened to me, this is what I learned. They talk about things where, well, this is what you should do, or this is what this means. And ultimately they're educating. When you start getting comments from people saying, I've learned so much from you, then you need to start realizing that you're actually acting as an educator, whether or not that was your intent. And therefore, now you need to start thinking about what does that mean from an ethical standpoint? We talk a lot. um, We like to tell a lot of people and comment on their posts, me and some of of my other ethical educator friends. We want people to add the words to me. Yes, because it's personal opinion. Because when they say, um, you know, this is a requirement, like the whole aftercare mess, (laughs) aftercare is a requirement. We tell them, you need to add the words for me. Yeah, it's a personal thing. It's not a requirement right? for me. And trying to claim and making posts saying aftercare is a requirement and then getting called out on it and saying, oh, but wait a minute, I never said I was an educator. Eh, that That's a little iffy. That's, that's a whole lot of iffy. So that's standard number one. Standard number two is inclusion. And this one, especially in this day and age, has become critical, right? You're treating everybody in a respectful manner. You don't discriminate against someone because of, their, of the person's race, the color, the religion, the sex, their gender. Using correct pronouns. Are you going to tell the story of how we got called out on that? Um, I've been called out multiple times on that. When I, and, and honestly, when I fuck up, I expect to be called out. When somebody says, I've used the wrong pronoun, thank you for telling me. I, I, I will do the best that I can. And I've gotten a lot better. Every year I'm a little bit better than I was the year before about remembering. Yep. But it it is still difficult for me. I am not of the generation like my daughter who doesn't even think twice about it. It is so natural. Well, hell, neither am I. I've got 40 years of, of binary. Did you say that word? Yes, I did. did say the I'm, F word. I'm actually practicing. You're, you're practicing saying the F word? I am. Okay. I've, I've been practicing so I get used to it. <laughs> I am preparing myself. Right? 
But yeah, I, I've got however many years plus of doing binary language. So that is a, an incredibly longstanding habit to break. Yeah. I often wonder language, because I grew up, right? I took Spanish in high school and stuff. There's a lot of uh, languages where words are genderized. Yeah. I, and I'm, I'm just curious how they deal with it when somebody's non-binary, like when you've got... These well, genderized the, words. The person will have a different pronoun, but I'm not sure about the objects. That's what's interesting. Why can't objects have a gender neutral pronoun? I would think so. Like, Well, it's only the, I think it's mostly the romance-based languages that have that, the gendered language. I suck at languages. I barely get by in English, so. <laughs> okay, we won't have a language discussion Thank you. then. Okay. <laughs> I'll right? spare you that. One of my personal biggest pet peeves is gender-specific topics oh you mean like female sub and male dom ding 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 oh no. nailed it on the first try i am so good at this right this is a good game oh thank you thank you very much <laughs> i actually made a post on instagram because every now and then something will happen that will just piss me the fuck off once a week or so yeah pretty much <laughs> and nobody's around to stop me i don't know if that's good or bad nobody's gonna and dare since, since i have all the power over social media I made a post calling out a quote unquote educator on Instagram about always making references to male doms and female submissives. And when they talk about littles, everything was about daddy doms and little girls. Yeah, no. I've called out so many people about daddy doms and little girls. And then their and then they their response is, well, but we mean, you know, we could have little boys and we could have you know, mommy doms and all that. And I'm like, then just call it caregiver little. And then you don't have to worry about it. And this particular quote unquote educator, this was not the first time they'd been called out. Yeah, so they times. should have learned it. Nor that was point. I the only one to say something in the comments. And their excuse was, well, this is an old graphic that I'm reposting. So guess what? Change the graphic. Change the graphic. It's not it's not that complicated. Find a new one. There's Google images. Right. If I see one more goddamn meme of the male dominant in his suit standing and the female submissive in her lingerie at his feet, I'm going to scream. Is it a gray suit? I, well, it's a black and white hmm. sort of thing, so you can see it. I mean, I'm sorry. I'd, I'd say I throw my phone across the room, but I don't want to break it, so no, I won't do that. I'll just scream. <laughs> throw a pillow, maybe? Yeah, it doesn't work the same. Oh, stomping my feet works. Jumping oh, up and good. down works, and shrieking at the top of my lungs. You can jump up and down. If I hold my boobs. Without killing yourself? No, I hold my boobs. I did a jumping jack one time without a bra. I regret Once. that. Once. One jumping jack. Hey. Um, the next up standard is understanding the power that you have given yourself when you now claim to be an educator and making sure that you have the re resume, the knowledge, or the references to back that up. Right? So it is very important to me. I know a lot, and I, I'm going to say this because I'm very much well aware of how I come across folks. I don't necessarily care because remember, I'm old and I'm out of fucks. <laughs> but I'm very much aware of how I come across. And the truth is, is I will not open my mouth and speak so confidently if I'm not actually confident about what I'm saying and thinking. I'm pretty sure when I open up my mouth. Otherwise, if I'm not sure, the language is either going to be very different or I'm going to be quiet about it. And she actually, I don't think you guys know this, she actually works very hard at good copping. Mm -hmm. she, she good cops publicly, bad cops to me, and then is like, can I say it like this? I'm like, I don't give a shit what you say because I'm also bad cop. I have no good cop filter. The amount of times I'll send Zara something and I'll be like, is this okay? Is this too mean? And she's like, no, it's fine. Just do it. And I still change it by the time I actually post yep. it because I'm like, no, that's just too I am mean. not a good compass for you to measure, a measuring stick for that. I don't know why you keep sending this well, shit Well, honestly, to me. because if you tell me it's okay, then I worry. Oh. <laughs> and if I tell you to fix it, what are you going to do? Like, oh, no, shit, leave that's it. too much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, oh got to pull that back. <laughs> what I, I do? Actually, I don't think I've ever sent something where you said it was too much, which is a little concerning. A little? Hey. <laughs> Yeah, that might actually yeah. be cause for concern. If I'm like, I would love to see the day that you actually do something and I go, okay, 
pull yeah. back there, rah rah. I mean, I'm I I'm very well aware that as a redhead with absolute redhead tendencies, that sometimes I will fly off the handle as my first reaction. That's because you're soulless. I am soulless. Um, which is why whatever you see me put out the vast majority of the time is not my immediate reaction. No. I get her immediate reaction. Trust me, it's different. I have um had posts in my TikTok drafts that then I end up redoing because I then, oh, I, I can't put that. That's just too do much. Do you do the thing where you sit there on it for you sit on it for a couple of days? And Sometimes like, let yes. Me, let me go back and read right? this when I'm calmer. Um I have comments that by the time you see the comment, that's about the seventh or eighth. <laughs> time that I've written it out, erased, written it out, erased, and so on till I, I have calmed myself down. I have to do that with work emails all the time. I'll send it to somebody right. else first and be like, is this too, is this too much? This would be if I, it would be like you asking me an Electra question and I answer it versus going, let me check with Dara. I mean, some- Please don't do that. Some, some questions I have learned enough from you that I feel confident I can safely answer. Who's sending you Electra questions? They're sending the podcast electric questions. And you're answering them? Okay. When I, I know well enough to say things like, no, if you have a pacemaker, you cannot do. Oh, thank God. Okay. That's fine. Right, Go that's ahead what and I'm saying. That. This is like that kind of <laughs> that kind of stuff I have absorbed by osmosis because you've talked about <laughs> the shit enough times. And that is a big thing for me, is is the safety aspect. Right? Yes. And all of that. All right, I'll give you that. Okay. You're allowed. I, I still take classes. I have a class scheduled that I'm taking on Tuesday because I'm still learning shit. I read books. I talk to other kinksters to try to learn and understand the subjects we teach about on the podcast or even talk about. Water sports. I don't like water sports, and I've been trying to understand why anybody would want to ever be peed on. Okay? I just don't get it. I, but I have talked... Anytime I find somebody who is into water sports, I have conversations with them to try to learn and understand why, what they get from it so that I can be more knowledgeable, more understanding, be a better educator. I've done that before with like, say, pet play and furries. Mm -hmm. I learned a lot from conversations because I used to be icked out by that. Um, but I still have an incredibly hard limit of even conversations. Well, fluids. About Step bodily fluids. fluids. Yeah, I know. Okay. If you notice, Dar and I have brought in guests on certain episodes. And because... if you notice, it's the ones that we specifically say, Haha, we don't know what we're talking about. Right. <laughs> I am, at the time of this recording, I have scheduled an interview for us to speak to somebody about neurodivergence and kink because it has been a subject matter we have been asked to talk about repeatedly. I'm neuronormative. It would not do justice to the subject for me to talk about neurodivergence and kink. I, on the other hand, am neurodivergent. However, I don't know enough about even my own ADHD. So I'm going to fucking learn a whole lot from this interview that I'm really excited about. I... <laughs> We're about to do an episode next where our next recording is going to be about male submissives. I don't know shit about how to be a male submissive. Yeah. I interviewed male submissives. Right. Because we want to be ethical. And it's one thing. Can we do research? Yes. We have, we have had multiple podcasts where we haven't actually done that and we've been able to do research. Mm -hmm. But certain things, we can't tell you how it feels because we haven't done it. We don't experience it. I can talk about submission, but I cannot talk about the stigma of being a male submissive because I'm not a male. Right. Uh, we did ethical bratting because even though we both brat, we could not come up with the kind of things that the, our teacher did. We learned during that episode. Right. So, and that's, that's our promise to you guys that we will continue to do that. If we don't feel that we can really give you the proper information about a particular kink or issue we will bring in the experts because again that's what an ethical educator does they don't try to speak on stuff that they have no knowledge or experience in and that's honestly just a really stupid thing to do anyway and it's going to get you nailed and not in the good way not in a good way no no all right dara i'm going to say this and i know you're recording this and you're probably going to like take this little snippet and put it on your phone 
and have it on repeat. Um, Ready? Okay. I acknowledge that I am flawed. Yep. Taking that. It's going to be my new ringtone for you. <laughs> okay. Wait, wait. Do me a favor. Say, I have been wrong in the past. I have been wrong in the past. There it is. Oh, that made me feel so good. <laughs> so good. I got little butterflies. There you go. And I will not always be successful at applying this code of conduct to my behaviors and actions. <laughs> what did you do? What, what day of the week is it? What time is it? I'll tell you. What have you done? Right. And, and this is why I am, and Dara can attest to this, this is why I'm really transparent, not just with my friends, but the patrons of the podcast. I have shared stuff with them that I've said or done or that I want to respond to in a certain way and ask them point blank. Am I out of line? Have I done anything wrong? Am I, am I okay in what I've said? Just did it this past week. Right. Yep. Because I want to make sure, and I have point blank told, obviously my friends know because we're friends, but I point blank told every single one of our patrons in the chat, I want you to hold me accountable. If I do or say something in my position as a representative of Pink Kink, if I do or say something that you feel I am out of line, I am wrong, I am asking you, please tell me. Well, did you see the thing that they said in uh, the, the patron chat the other day? They said I was right and you were wrong about something. You feel better now that you yes, pointed I do. that out? And what it, was that? It was, it was the cheerleading move that I mentioned. I didn't say it didn't exist. I said I'd never heard of it. That doesn't mean it didn't exist. Little Miss, I was a cheerleader. I've never heard of that. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I was a cheerleader when you were still in diapers. <laughs> Actually, no. Fucking shit. I wasn't shit. even born. I was a cheerleader. Yeah, you weren't even born yet. So maybe in the olden Stone Age days, we didn't have <laughs> that particular thing. Both you and the person who agreed with you are younger. Maybe that was something that got invented in the modern age. I still don't even know what time. it is. I read it in a book. I have no right. idea what the move actually is. Um, I, I just thought it was funny. I often will seek out the advice from people, even before I respond, to make sure that my reaction is reasonable. As I said, I send stuff to Dar and I said, is it okay? Am I okay with this particular response? And that my response is fair and it's factual versus filled with malice and again I do that and then I still tone it down even more so just to make sure <laughs> right and when I make a mistake I do my very best to not only apologize but fix it learn from it and make changes to make sure it doesn't happen again prime example my big gargantuan kerfuffle on tic-tac <laughs> back in the day <laughs> in regard to the concept of abusive safe words and how I dealt with that okay I got called out. I had both, I got both supported and called out by different people for different reasons. And yes, was my initial response to that defensive? Of yeah. course it was. I'm human. I'm sorry, folks. Even I know I'm human. Right? <laughs> I know. The, if you could see the eyes she's giving me right now. <laughs> I don't like to normally promote it, but I know I'm human. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> I am fully convinced that you think you are some sort of pink goddess. Okay, I am. But I am a pink human goddess. Wait, what? I can be a human goddess. Isn't that a bit of an oxymoron? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and my first reaction, yes, of course, was defensive because I felt I was being attacked. And that's a normal human response. But when I took a minute... And sort of stopped and said, okay, wait a minute. There's a lot of people saying this. I obviously said something I shouldn't have and put my foot in my mouth. I need to stop and think about this. And I took the time. I, again, I spoke to other people and said, help me understand what, what piece am I missing that they're saying I'm wrong. And I spoke not only to my close friends, but I spoke to people who are also educators, who have had vastly different experiences that I did. I actually spoke to somebody who was one of the biggest, um, not detractors, what's the word I'm looking for, biggest complainers about me being completely out, out of, of line, line and yeah. wrong, okay? Because she had a lot to say, and it was my responsibility to listen to her. Well, how did you go about that? Did you say, hey, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, no. Okay, so just- no. Um, we were in a chat group with a whole bunch of other people 
because uh, we were all in a, ser- in a server together. And I put it out there specifically. And she was one of the people who responded. And so we had the discussion at that point together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I made a new TikTok post where one, I didn't try to, what I, I, let's go back for a second. What I realized was, is that the word that I was using meant different things to different people. If you thought it meant uh, version A, then you thought I was horribly wrong and out of place. And if you thought it meant version B, you agreed with me. I was right. Okay. So it's all about perspective. Right. Neither side was wrong. And I made a post saying, here's what I've discovered. I've talked to people. Here's what I've discovered. The A versus B definition. If to you, you understood it as version A, then I completely understand how what I said came across to you as wrong and awful. And instead of then saying, so sad, too bad, because I meant B, I said, I will be more careful with my words because I'm not expecting them to change their understanding of the words. Right. I don't necessarily need to change my understanding of it either. But what I do need to do is take into account their understanding. And make sure and you plan accordingly. Plan, you'd use both right? versions. Yes. Or at least explain, I am using version B of this. Right. And what I love and appreciate is that people reached out to me afterward to thank me for admitting my error and understanding where they were coming from and acknowledging that this was not a case of a right versus wrong. They were not wrong and I'm right or vice versa. This was a case of misunderstanding of language. All right. And so then that goes into the whole point of acknowledging that as an educator, you are still learning. And your voice is not the end all to be all. I walk out of each class that I've taught and I have to update and make changes to my class notes because I have learned from the people who are in my class. Some of who've got less experience than I do, they're brand new. I do want to point one thing out. I was teaching at Winter Fire about Electro and I made, uh, somebody asked me, hey, you know, why do you not want to do Electro on open wounds? And I said, because it fucking hurts. And they were like, no, it's because the ions or the iron in your blood will get, uh, you know, iron in your blood will get electrified and it'll carry it to your heart. And that will be really bad for your heart. And so that's why you don't want to do open wounds. And I went, holy shit, that's like crazy. I didn't even think about that before. Like, oh, my God. And I'm ready to, to you know, prep it and add it into my notes and be like, oh, my God, I was so wrong. I was really embarrassed. And then I asked a surgeon. And he says, no, it's because it fucking hurts. <laughs> he says, what the hell were you talking about with it being carried to your blood? No, that's not how that works. It just fucking hurts because it's an open wound. It is already injured and you're applying more injury to it. It's compounding the pain. It just fucking hurts. So I'm like, oh, so I double checked. I got information that was given to me by a person who seemed very confident in their knowledge. I started questioning mine, and then I asked someone who was more experty in that area. That's a technical term, experty. Yeah, just, obviously. Just so you all know. Double the expertiness. What about the fact? Um, I remember you also had your demo bottom happened to be an EMT. Yes, remember correctly. Yes, and you learned from from her. Well, she yeah, she straight up said. Well, there was some other question. I don't remember. Oh, it was exactly why you don't want electricity near the heart. I don't know why. I know it's no bueno, but I don't know the exact specifics, like the well, you medical. Didn't. You didn't. I didn't. I did not know at the time the exact medical terminology, reasons, all of like how it actually functioned, all of that. Mm-hmm. She did. I turned it over to her. Yeah. It was great. Phenomenal information. Right. So it's, it's understanding that, and again, remember, the only thing everybody agrees on in regard to kink is that you need consent. I, I saw a post where they were talking about safe words and they were talking about the being able to negotiate and consent to not using safe words. And my initial reaction is, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, no. Right? <laughs> but again, they're not, they're not wrong. Technically, you can negotiate away your safe words and it's fine. I don't know that I personally would recommend it. And of course... 
this comes down to the question of would stop be a safe word? Right? Yeah, no, like, we have a whole episode on that. Go listen okay. to it. But there. The next um, thing I want to talk about is maintaining boundaries because this one has come up a lot with people who are educators or they try to claim they're not educators, but then they use hashtags that they're educating. They talk as if they're educating. And then they use their platform to seek romantic or play partners. Right? That, that one's happened a lot. Many, many times. Right? And then, especially too, because people, God, this sounds so weird, but it's true. And so that's why I'm saying is people look up to us. We've had people fangirl over us. Yep. Which is a little It's a little different. disconcerting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still not used to because, it. Because like, I'm just me. Yeah, no, it's like we're D-level celebrities and we go to munches and people come to the munches literally just to see right. us or our patrons who never met us happen to be in the area and then they meet us and they're like, oh my God. Right. So because of that and then because of the social media presence and listening to this podcast, people feel they know us. Well, they do. We don't exactly hide much. Nah, there's some stuff I keep private, but I like to have a little bit to myself. Uh, yeah, like the 2% that we hide. Yeah. Um, but I, I won't even mentor people because I want to maintain those boundaries. I mean, if you come up to me and you have questions, I will answer your questions to the best of my ability. But I don't want to officially take on somebody as a mentee. Um, some people, this happened this last winter fire. Um, I would not do scenes with anybody except my friends. Because, again, I was there as, as, as an educator. I was teaching classes at Winter Fire. And I felt it would be inappropriate to plan scenes with people because of that power differential. Um, now, I've now gotten to a point where I will play with people, but not at a convention where I'm teaching. So, let's say at, at Crucible, at the dungeon. If somebody comes up to me and goes, oh, my God, I'm such a fan of the podcast. I'd love to do a scene with you. Um, what I will do with them is a demo scene. Because I liken that to when I'm serving as a demo top, mm -hmm. I take on anybody and everybody. And people will come to me because they know, they, they know my name. They've, they've heard about me. And so I will, I will encourage people who want to play with me to come to an event where I'm demo topping. And then I am happy to have that kind of scene with you. I do the same. Because the, the, the boundaries of what I will and will not do in a demo scene are very clear and very limited of what I will do. And it just makes it easier. And it was really, it, it was really important to me that I don't want to, I don't want people to seem like I'm trying to seek out people to play with because of who I am. Or build a relationship with. Yep. Yeah. And then the kind of the final piece that I want to talk about, um, and I am very curious about Dara's position on this, is being a professional. I am aware, anytime I walk out of my house and attend a kink event, I'm aware that I'm not just Rara. I'm Princess Rara of Pink King Podcast. And I need to be, quote unquote, on at all times. Whether I'm at the munch, whether I'm at the dungeon, whether I'm at a play part party, I can't turn it off. I have to be on, aware of my surroundings, aware of who I, where I am, who I'm talking to, what I'm saying, what I'm doing. The only time I can ever turn it off is if I'm in the privacy of my own home, in my personal dungeon, where everybody who's in that dungeon is actual friend with me that I would get together and do non-kink things with. Yeah, well, I uh, I used to be able to just be me, and then we started the podcast, and then it got popular, and then I ceased just being Dara. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's gone. And uh, you know, I just uh, even when I'm doing a private session in my house. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 not necessarily easy to have to always be on, but nothing in life is only good. You have to take the bad with the good. And so if it means in order to enjoy all the other positive, wonderful, amazing things that I get to enjoy thanks to this podcast, if it means I always have to be aware of who I am and who people know me and see me as, 
then so be it. But that's, that's what I am. I just have to always be careful. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a reputation. It's a whole thing. And you're like, you're a personality. When you're out in public, you are that personality. It's like, what do you, like being a radio DJ. Yeah, or an actor. Yeah, you in public, you have to be in that persona. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. yeah. So, again, these are the things that I've set up for myself to ensure that I feel comfortable and confident that I am being as ethical as possible. Does it mean that people who don't follow this are not ethical? Well, in my mind, yes, but that's my opinion. You may have a different opinion. And I'm, I'm curious what your opinion is. Now that you've made it through to the end, and thank you for staying throughout this whole <laughs> thing. What, oh, what, you're welcome. Yeah. You're, thank you, Dara. <laughs> what do you think? Do you guys feel that all of this is required to be an ethical educator? Are there things that you would say, nah, not that important to me? Um, are there things that we missed that we didn't mention? Just throw it out there. Share your thoughts. We care. You have opinions too. Other people have opinions other than you and me? Yeah, it doesn't mean they're right. They just have opinions. <laughs> Somehow I think we have a slogan, a mug or something with that. Yeah. Or sticker. There's something. There's something. Thanks for hanging out with us today. If you have a question you would like answered or just have a story about the lifestyle you want to share, you can send us a voicemail and maybe it'll be featured in an episode. Just go to pinkkinkpodcast.com to contact us. Follow us on social media. On Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife, we are Pink Kink Podcast. And on TikTok, we are Pink Kink Podcast 2.0. Join our Facebook group, Pink Kink Podcast, and hang out with other pink kinksters. If you love what we do and are able to help support us, we are on Patreon. Just look for us on patreon.com slash pinkkinkpodcast. You can also help support our affiliates, which benefits small businesses and pink kink. Even if you can't show your support financially, there are other ways you can help. You can spread the word about our kinky podcast and tell your friends about us. You can also rate and review Pink Kink on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. The five-star reviews really help. Don't forget to subscribe to Pink Kink so you don't miss a minute of the fun. New episodes come out every Friday. Until next time, stay pretty, stay safe, and stay twisted. Stay twisted.